Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming your weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about RHA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hello everybody welcome back to the ha podcast it is myself danny i joined today by mishi on our team um her and i are doing some q a would we love to have ashley here yes does she just like not have time for us yes she's so busy with clients she's the biggest client load of us all and she does all of the sales calls so 
and she's a mum. So she's just like packed to the rafters. <laughs> and I figure me and you can hold up the podcast for for us today. Yeah, um, we can do it. Not? <laughs> do it. We got this. And we'll try to channel her energy, what she would say. Exactly. So we um have just like a really solid buildup of listener questions. I love listener questions. I was telling Mishi before we started recording that we've just been getting some great ones and all the ones that come in through email are always like the most thought out and intentional questions. And it's just a pleasure to read them and answer them. So if you wish to submit a question, you can do it on any platform. You can do it on Instagram. You can do it on YouTube. Um, and you can email me directly, danny at the hasociety.com. Pick your pipe. Mm-hmm. And we have two questions today, and they're both from various Emily's. So we're just going to bump it out right now. Are you ready? So ready. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> Emily number one asks, hi, Danny and Mishi. We'll just add in there. <laughs> hope you're doing well. I hope you don't mind me asking this question. I got my first recovery cycle back in April. I've had five so far. Congrats. They have been longer than is in a typical range. They've been 40 days, 59 days, 30 days, 39 days, and 38 days. I haven't changed much at all in terms of lifestyle and food. I know I've heard you mention that it can take six months to regulate. I'm worried now that it's been almost eight months. Is this something I need to have checked out further with a doctor? These are all good questions. Yeah. Um, I can kick it off, I suppose. So I feel like we should we could talk a little bit about the expected um the expected timeline of somebody recovering to get like a healthy optimal cycle. Yeah, I think that'd be a good place to start. Yeah. I think six months is totally reasonable to expect before you're like, yeah, this is all good, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. before you kind of panic and at six months if things are irregular uh, that is definitely when you should start probably taking action right so like you're curious at the fourth cycle that's wonky you're extra curious at the fifth and you're probably taking action by the sixth and I think that that's fair um, the typical not typical the average time to the second ovulation is about 45 days so we don't really panic with a client until that's um, a number that they're well and truly surpassing. But I do have my own personal take on that, <laughs> but I'm not going to go into it right now, but today might be a good day to share it. No, I will take it. I will go into my Yeah, I was going to say, it. I think you Before should. Do. Don't withhold information. <laughs> I was like, do you have anything to add to that um, so far? I, but okay. Yeah, because I feel like I align to the way you think about it too. So Mm. let's go. And you're like newer to the podcast. You're like finding your feet with like, what and when do I want to interject? (laughs) I'm very much, very much finding my feet. So (laughs) (laughs) yes. Um, Okay. So that answer is based off the 45 days thing for like an ovulation, right? So remembering that's ovulation, not time till next bleed. Uh, being 45 days is based on a study and 
it's survey-based data, I believe. <laughs> now I feel like I need to fact check myself, but I think that it is. And um, 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 I think that for many people that could make sense if you haven't cycled in a really long time, you know, give your, your body grace. But also anytime something is like a whole lot of women are saying, this is how long it took for me to get my second cycle. And I know what I know about the women in this community. I put two and two together and I say, mm, I wonder how many of those women could have cycled, could have ovulated sooner, but were getting in their own way with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what we see. Like there are definitely a few cases where we're like, they're doing the most and ovulation is taking a long time for the second one, hundred percent. Uh, but there's also many more cases where you get your first period, you freak out and you back off. And that's going to put a chink in your period armor and it's going to potentially mess with it. And when I say 40 days, 59 days, 30 days, 39 days, 38, um, I feel like there's a little bit of that going on with that second period took 60 days and then the next one, I mean, I don't like, I don't know, maybe not, maybe I could see it both ways. It's hard to tell, but I just want to put that out there that you can be getting in your own way because you have some kind of story around whether or not it's okay for you to continue doing all of the recovery things, or you got your period back, not doing all of the recovery things. So you've actually created a little bit of story that you are invincible. And you think that regulating your cycle is like a whole other process. And it's kind of, it's not really, it's very similar process. Um, she, she said, I haven't changed all that much in terms of lifestyle and food. And that, that all that much is definitely the key phrase in that mm. sentence. Yeah, good picking up on that. I mean, I would, I'm going along with what you're saying. And I exactly agree with that too. Just understanding the behaviors of, you know, the woman who has HA. I just wouldn't assume, or I guess I'm assuming that she's playing the game. Like, how low can I go to get her period back? Like, how much? Can I, can I control my weight? How much can I control my food and still get my period back? Or so when I see something like that, that is almost automatically where my brain goes versus thinking that there's something wrong with your body, et cetera, et cetera. Totally. Yeah. That's always where our, our brain goes first. Like before blaming the body and assuming that there's an issue somewhere, we always rule out user error. for for all aspects right like yeah when someone's charting you rule out user error when someone's supplementing you check that they're taking the right stuff before you start to determine that there's something innately wrong with the body Mm -hmm. you know i think also with this person um again i'm going to say the date so she ovulated uh, 40 days 59 days 30 days oh is she or did she get her periods I got my first recovery cycle and I've had five so far and they've, mm-hmm. okay, sorry. So these ones 
are full cycles. So she had a 40 day cycle, a 59 one. A th- I was just talking about ovulation because that to shows you how long, what to expect for a second cycle. Yeah. I feel like it's still applicable though. Yeah. 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 yeah it's yeah, still yeah. the same so- thing. I said that up front. I was like, remember that's ovulation. But yes, so 40 days, 59 days, 30 days, 39 days, 38. So the trajectory here, when we zoom out, um, is now she's consistently landing in the 30s somewhere. Mm-hmm. So there has been progress in the right direction and she's finding her footing. There was one month there that was 30 days. So we want to look at that month and say, what were you doing and what went well? Assuming that it wasn't a... 25 day follicular phase and five day luteal phase. You know what I mean? So knowing all of the parameters of the cycle are super important. Sometimes I worry that we get too technical on the podcast, but I hope that everyone's following. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right because we're so in it. It makes sense to us. And then if you're like a listener, this is like completely new information. So, but I mean that this is what we do. And that's our, like, we do this and that's what we do for clients, but they're definitely listeners who understand because they're asking these questions. Mm-hmm. So we're going to sol- soldier on. Mm-hmm. So that looks like an okay trajectory. I would look at what was happening at, at that month 30 and dial it in. Again, you said, I haven't changed all much at all in terms of lifestyle and food. I want to know what the much at all means. Because if you bumped it down hundred calories a day, that means you bumped it down 700 calories a week. And that matters when someone is new to cycling again, they are sensitive. You are sensitive and it takes a long time to build up resilience. So there's that. And then the very last piece, when she says, is this something that I need to have checked out with a doctor? Um, I mean, absolutely you can. If you are like, no, 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 I'm doing the most Right. Because we see that, right? Like some people have a new problem and they're trying to, you know, resolve their irregular cycles or whatever. Uh, go get go get lab work done and like let's check it out. <laughs> let's see if you're still kind of low. Cause if all your hormones come back low, that would explain a lot. Or low mm-hmm. normal, that would explain a lot. Um, and then I I had actually replied to Emily. When I sent when she sent this question in because it was back in October, but I said that um she this is a good place to try our period recovery game planner though from this store that you just go through <clears throat> and you ch- check like am I doing these things still yes or no because eight months after your first period is like a long time since you, you were like doing the recovery stuff and it's just helpful to check back in. Yeah. I agree. I think the game planner is a game changer. <laughs> Highly recommend I can link it. to that. I can link yeah, to that on the show notes. Certainly. So I feel like that's lots of things for people to consider if they're in this boat. Would you add anything? Feel good? Uh, Yeah, I feel good. I don't feel like it's too much stuff. I think the big and number one takeaway is like, how much are you resisting this process? Even if you've gotten your period back, like how much did you resist and are continuing to resist? That's what I typically, mm-hmm. whenever I'm getting client cases like that, that's kind of where I go. So, but yeah. Yeah. hundred yep. percent. Like where, yeah, there's always resistance, even when you swear to 
God <laughs> that there's not. It's in I'm there. doing everything. Been there. Yeah. Been there. Because <laughs> isn't it funny how like we can't convince ourselves we have a good relationship with food. <laughs> but then when I'm like, oh, really? Okay, no, cool. So when, then why are you resisting having the snack between lunch and breakfast mm-hmm. or whatever? Random example. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, well, because I just feel like I just had a lot of food bef- at breakfast and haven't been moving around very much. And I would, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Like, why does that bother you? And it all comes (laughs) back down to like, I still don't trust, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, You know, if that is something that is required for you, if you have a perfect cycle and you don't want to snack, more power to you. But Mm -hmm. if you don't, you know, then we shouldn't really be spending as much time leaning into uh, intention sorry intuitive eating right now if we still have goals to work on yeah and people are trying to really do that before point. they're ready that's a really good point yep uh all right well let's see if this question from the second emily magically leads in perfectly hey are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally i thought that might be you and if so we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating of course with this system so lots of information lots of case studies lots of stats we go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. 
That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Yahoo. Emily says, hi, Danny and Mishi. I hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for all that you share. I'm trying to recover my period after 15 years of up and down with an ED. At the moment, I'm eating the most I ever have, but I still can't give up exercise. Oh, it is. I thought I had found us a non-exercise related question, but I didn't. That's okay. <laughs> they always weasel their way in. They find their way. All right. So my main worries and issues are this. Comparison to others. I worry about how much I eat compared to others. And I worry that it's too much if I eat more or I'm still hungry. I compare myself in others. I compare myself to others in way. Oh, sorry. Let me stop that again. <laughs> I compare myself in other ways too. I always have. Size, looks, when I was at school grades. And now it's mostly the food and worrying that people will judge me for eating more. Or I should eat less than others as they deserve more than me. How can I get past this? Second, I'm struggling with rest. I'm trying to rest more, but I really struggle to sit down. And when I do, I feel bad about it. Like I should be doing something productive. I also struggle with exercise. I do at least an hour every day of Pilates or advanced vinyasa yoga and go on walks with dog with my dogs. Any tips on how to overcome this? I don't feel ill enough to recover. I'm five foot two inches and I'm not weighing myself, but last time I checked, I was about 44 kilograms. I suffer from body dysmorphia, so I feel really big when I eat. Oh, did I mention I'm desperate to be a mum? And we have been trying to get pregnant for almost two years now, but surprise, surprise, no luck as HA. There's also a big change in lifetime at the moment. Um, it's been a stressful year, so I'm sure that's not helping. I know all the things, but I do, but do you have any tips on the above issues and how to get myself to just do it? Hmm. Hmm. That's very loaded. It's loaded, but it's like, we got this. <laughs> we got this. I we totally got this. Agree. Okay. Yes. So we'll start because she has areas of concern. So she knows all the things. She's like, I know, I know I got to eat. I know how to get my period back. We know that you know that first and foremost. Okay. So comparison to others, I've always compared myself. You know, she says, we all do. Mm -hmm. That is fundamentally how humans are designed to understand the world around us. So like that doesn't, um, it's actually everyone either subconsciously or consciously, right? Like, yeah. don't you feel like that's just, I think that's just human thing. nature like <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so we're all doing that um including like school grades career oh that person does a similar thing to me but they're further ahead what does that mean about me um you know everything around you comes down to like what it means about you which is why this process is so hard to go through and why eds are so rampant because we just live in a um society that tells you to have an ed mm -hmm. <laughs> it kind of just does like it just does mm -hmm. um so uh, to get past this one um is a tough one emily but like i feel like your follow-up things 
are almost like, okay, and now here are my excuses for why I can't get past this, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be productive. Um, I don't want to give up my exercise. I don't feel like I'm sick enough to recover. But I mean, first of all, I don't know if you have a true ED, if there's anything we can say that's going to change it because you do know everything we're going to say and like you have to be getting help. I don't think you can do it on your own at this point. And I mean, I say that with love and compassion because I don't want to say like, oh, you know, you should quit. I'm just saying I don't think you can do it on your own mm-hmm. if that's what you're trying to do because it doesn't sound like it's working. You know, if you can't stop yourself from exercising and if you can't allow yourself to eat more in the presence of others, like it's not working. So you need that help from someone, whether it's an AJ coach or an ED therapist or something like that, whatever's right for you. But I mean, you're doing way too much exercise and way too much walking um, and you're way too small for your height. And I feel right. Like, yeah. Five What's 42 inches. What's 44? It's small. It's watch it be like a hundred pounds. Like, this is your thing. You can do this. You can do this. Yeah. It's a hundred pounds. It's actually, uh, 97 pounds. Five so, two, 97. That's. I think you're five, two Mish. I feel like you're a little, I'm like, I'm five, one and a half. Um, and so I, <laughs> I'm, it's like same, same, right. And I lost my period at probably like one fifteen, And like, I, I try, I had a goal weight in my, my head and I don't know where it came from. Actually I do. I read a magazine in fifth grade and Britney Spears was this weight, and I wanted to be that weight, And that's always stuck in my head and I tried to achieve it and I just couldn't do it. Like literally at 115, I was going to die. Like there was no going lower than that. Mm, I feel like that's very interesting information. This is very interesting information because she's not too much taller than me. No, she's half an inch tall. (laughs) (laughs) Like if I put my hair in a ponytail, same height. You guys are there. Exactly. So the... There's a lot of self-awareness from Emily. And that's, I think, why I try to be really, like, direct with love. Because Emily has, like, tons of self. She knows a lot about herself right now. She's like, I compare myself to others. I struggle with rest. I am over-exercising. I am underweight. I have body dysmorphia. Like, she's not under any illusions of those facts. Mm -hmm. Just, like, how do I stop doing this? So I think in a podcast, all we can do really is give you a pep talk. All right. Because those help. Sometimes people <laughs> eat right in and they're like, that helped. Okay. Um, uh, and sometimes you need someone to like look at your specific case and be like, you are not special. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is absolutely true. Like, look, Emily, you're the second Emily that we've answered a question for today. Like you are not unique. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's good because it means that the path is clear. So if you, you say here, I mentioned I'm desperate to be a mom. No, you're not. Name one thing you're doing that shows a level of desperation 
to be a mom. You know what I'm saying? And I say that with love because I know that these are hard to make changes, but if this is what you want, this is what you must hear. And there are other women dealing with the same thing. So you're not desperate to be mom. You're desperate to find a way to maintain your life as is and still have everything you've ever wanted and not have anyone tell you no. That's what you're desperate for. Like you're desperate to have everything that you want. That's just not real life. I'm going to like try to tell a story and see if it lands anywhere in relatable land. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> but this is going to be a far stretch. So it's not related to this subject, but I think it's cool to see how the the principles of this bleed out into our everyday life of like you this is the reality of choices um so I was at my sister's place um in Brisbane and I was staying with them for two weeks so I got to just sorry one week I got to like watch the dynamic between her and her seven-year-old and he's an only child uh no hate to that because I also only have one child um (laughs) and he's like he just like always has a go at getting what he wants which they all do right like mom can I have this can I have that and she'll be like no but then he'll whinge enough and he'll get it and that happens like all day every day and she he's like it's like 10 a.m and he wants a Fanta so she's like well fine but if you get this Fanta you don't get any more treats for the rest of the day yeah 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 because this kid knows he's getting more treats later all he has to do is win just a certain amount. And that happens. And I'm just observing this like every day. Um, and anyways, he does, he ends up getting in trouble for something at school during the week. Some bullying, actually. And then uh, Emma, my sister, wants to like, like threaten. You know, like those parents who give threats that aren't really like, like this whole time with all of the candy. She's just like, well, you're not going to get that. But then he gets it anyways. So like these are all empty threats. So he doesn't care. So he bullies or whatever. And then he wants something and he just like acts up and yada yada. And she's threatening. You're not going to go to your best friend Lucky's birthday party on Saturday. You're just, if you keep this up, you're not going to go to Lucky's party. And I'm like, hell yeah. Because anyone who's like not the parent is always in the background being like, give that kid what they deserve. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in my head, I'm like, hell yeah, you bet. Like you're going to, you know, he's such a sweet, sweet kid. He's not like a bad kid at all, but he just like mad deserved this punishment. You know what I mean? And um, (laughs) anyways, so he like leaves the room and I'm like, you should absolutely follow through with that punishment. She's like, no, because then Lockie's being punished. I go, what? First of all, why are you using this as a threat? If you don't mean it. But that's not even the point. Second of all, welcome to real flipping life. This was a, for me, I was like, I'm going to follow through with stuff like that. Because how many times have, have we had someone in our life make a poor choice that has impacted us? And that 
feels crap. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a pretty solid punishment. Like not getting candy in the afternoon when you already had a ton of it in the morning. But she was like, I just can't. I go, that's consequences. As an adult, consequences look like what you do affects other people. That's like reality. And I just have been thinking about that a lot and how like with HA, where always nagging and whinging to get what we want we don't really want to show up and be fully responsible for what we need and have done and we don't put in a hundred percent of an effort when others around us are being impacted and when it comes to like edha infertility stuff like this where actions are in your control and I still caveat this because I understand that an ED is is can't, a full-on one is different, right? Like it's harder, but a, I know a lot of people that have recovered and changed and you never get rid of your ED, right? But you learn how to manage it. Mm-hmm. And people with EDs are, you know, what about your partner? What about their challenge in this? What about your children, your future children? What about their part in this, right? Because you don't want to have these bad things happen, right? But you need to be okay with the consequences of your actions. And guess what? In this situation, the consequences of not recovering, uh, you remain stuck, feeling crap about how you, you look, feeling crap about how much you eat compared to other people, feeling crap about everything. You don't feel good like you're not enjoying this even though you want to stay in it, like you're not enjoying this, that's the consequences of staying still. And the consequences of taking action are all of that starts to resolve. You learn how to deal with adversity and be more uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Your husband or partner is positively affected by you being less neurotic about everything. You get to have a family. Like only good consequences happen when you recover and nothing good happens by staying still and I think that has to be at the forefront every day 25 times a day every time you make a decision to turn right or turn left towards your goal or away from your goal it was going good and then it just like kind of didn't fully match the exact situation but I still think you guys got what I was saying like you're telling yourself every day um oh I I could do this and and I'll you know I could do this and if I just whinge enough I'll get my I'll get what I want right or like I could do this and yeah I'm hearing the consequences but I'm still just going to try you know and maybe you'll coast by But eventually, like, other people are going to get stepped on, not just you, and you're not going to be happy. There is no happiness at the end of a situation where you're underfed and over-exercising and not allowing yourself to, like, heal. There's just, like, no happy outcome. But there's a lot of happiness letting the healing process do its thing. 
Okay. I'll shut up. <laughs> a thousand percent. I think that was a good story. And it really aligns because it showed a, a couple different things. It showed about how you negotiate with yourself. And it also showed mm. like the consequences of, I guess, negotiating with yourself and how that impacts like other people and dealing with discomfort. So I think it was really good. I think like my kind of two cents to add um, is like you hear the pep talk and you're still probably are just like, I can't do it. Like, I think at the end of the day, sometimes with EDs and even in HA, and I think a lot of people, when we feel like we can't rest or we're not sick enough or whatever the thing is that we can't do, um, it all comes down to like worth. And I think that's something. Yes. She brought that up, right? Yeah. 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 And so I, I feel like it's like, you know what, if hearing that pep talk and you're still just like, I literally can't, I don't deserve it. I, yeah. I hear you. I can't. I think the first step then is practicing self-worth, like little micro moments throughout the day, just showing up for yourself or whenever you get into a choice point where you're like, you want to choose low self-worth or high self-worth, you do the really scary thing and you choose high self-worth in that moment. And you just find little micro moments in the day to do that. doesn't have to be something big at all, but the more you do it, the more you flex your worth muscle and you have a soft, like a more solid foundation to stand on to when you're faced with, I'm not sick enough to recover. I'm, I can't rest because I, I don't deserve to rest. Whatever it is, you are a little bit stronger and able to make the choice that actually I think I am. But right now you just don't have like a worth foundation at all. You feel like you're not worthy of anything, but you need to show yourself that you are. So I feel like that's my only two cents to add. <laughs> Do you have any suggestions in how one might show themselves their self-worth each day? Yeah, that's actually a really good, that's a really good point. Instead of just throwing that out there and <laughs> giving some suggestions. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I feel like I'm just going to use personal examples because this is something that I struggled with a lot uh, as well. Um, but, you know, being kind to yourself as far as like getting ready in the morning is something that, again, this is for me because this was really hard when I went through recovery. I just like didn't feel like I was worthy and deserving of, uh, you know, wearing cute outfits or putting makeup on or taking care of myself, like kind of like all of those things. So like just by showing up for myself, like having some sort of skincare routine, doing that, <clears throat> I'm trying to like think of some other things that would be applicable to this. I think even like, as you say it, and I'm trying to brainstorm too, uh, some of the examples she gave, I think they would be opportunities, right? Like, um, yeah. I, you know, when I'm out in front with other people and I feel like I don't deserve to eat more right now, I mean, you need to be able to constantly check in with your feelings and thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Like I feel as soon as you feel negative about anything, you need to stop and check in on it and be aware in the moment. I don't feel like I deserve to eat more than these other people. And you need to, that, that would be an opportunity for you to be like, well, what does it look like if I treat this situation from a place of self-love and respect? Mm -hmm. And then it totally mm -hmm. changes the choice you're going to make. Right. And I think body checking is one. 
You know, I think mm-hmm. it, it would be respect to your body to stop looking at it in the mirror and picking it apart. Oh, yeah. And just <clears throat> let it do what it's functioned. So, like, to not do some of your behaviors could be a sign of self-respect and self-worth. Just yeah. Came up I love me. that. I love that. And that's applicable to her. So I like that. <clears throat> yeah. Take a rest day. <laughs> Take a spa day. Yeah. Well, she's something. like, she struggles with rest, right? I'm trying to rest more, but I struggle to sit down because I feel bad about it. Like I should be doing something productive. Well, what would it look like to tell yourself that you're not a slave? What would be a self-respect, self-worth type thing to do? Mm-hmm. And sit maybe. Sit down. Yeah, <laughs> sit down. And and maybe don't try to do every single thing in one day. I feel like that could be really tough. Like, you know, one day maybe choose to to rest and sit in that discomfort of what that feels like. And then maybe the next day you choose to nourish yourself more than you normally would in around other people. And then just just start really small and don't put the expectation that you need to do it all in one day either. So, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. well that was great that yeah it's like 40 minutes yahoo <laughs> oh. okay guys well I mean I hope this was helpful I certainly feel a little bit self-conscious about the straight to the point like straight shooting tone that you know this email got but like I have to say a lot of you guys are beating around the bush and I've said it already a few times, but like it's all with love that I want you to move past this. And something that I've found just from like, honestly, just years of coaching is the more, um, I don't even know what the word would be, like gentle about it I am, the less it feels like you need to take it seriously. Mm, That's actually a good point. I agree. Like, I don't want to stroke someone's negativity because I don't think they need that. They can do that themselves. And I feel like we, you know, they we just come back session after session feeling still sad about it. And sometimes it takes many sessions, but um, I have found that the sooner we get to a conversation like this, the sooner we, you know, we can snap out of it and have like more, um, you know, more breakthroughs sooner. So that's my only intention with that. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I feel like there's a lot of people is just not wanting to take responsibility for yourself. Like you want to play the victim and it is really hard to, to hear that, you know, you actually need to take the actions. And I feel like we'll, we'll all turn it around on something else. So it's good every once in a while to, to hear a different perspective. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Yeah. I think we all play the victim too, like in some places of our life, you know, like I feel like there are areas in my life where I play the victim all the time and I need to look at that and just, you you know, have someone tell me to stop. (laughs) So... (laughs) A hundred percent. Again, this is another thing that's human nature. (laughs) 
That's why okay. it's good to have perspective from somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll see you guys next week. Um, at this time, and if you guys know, we don't have a Monday episode. We are taking it a bit more chill this month over the holiday season, but we'll be back at it next time. If you have a question you want for the show, danny at thehasociety.com or find us on Instagram. Links to all of our accounts are in the show notes. Um, or head over to the YouTube. If you're not on the YouTube yet, you need to because I'm doing a glow up over there. My thumbnails <laughs> are like on fire right now. I did like a whole thing. Looks so good. Yeah. yeah. You I guys have so. to check it out. I know. I'm really proud of you. I think actually straight great. up. I was like, hey, everyone, look on the group chat. Look at my glow up. And she just goes, ha 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 ha. Okay. Straight laughing in my face. <laughs> I'm gonna do it to her too. I'm waiting for the next thing. Like next time she posts a picture of like her, her daughter, I'm just gonna be like, lol. Right back at you. That's really funny. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. And everyone have a great day. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So Temp Drop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So temp drops accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature this includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs. And then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons, like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction. Temp drop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, 
even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the temp drop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef and my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.